Let me open us up in prayer this morning and we'll get started with our lesson. Father, we come to you and we thank you for your love. We thank you for your power. We thank you for the son that you sent to die in our, on our, in our place on the cross. Father, we thank you for uh, salvation, that we don't have to earn it, uh, that it is a free gift. And we thank you that because of that salvation, we are here this morning and we're able to study your word and to listen to what you have to say to us because you are still in the process of transforming us. I pray this morning that you would speak through your word, that you would speak through this study as we look at another one of the commands of your son and that we would uh, hear it and obey it and apply it to our lives. Father, we lift up Charles and his wife. We pray that you would be, be in their midst right now just to minister to them, take care of them. And we pray for healing in her body. We also pray that you'd be with Mike Matthews and the other guys who are in uh, Cambodia right now ministering, that you would watch over them, keep them safe, use them in a mighty way, Father. And we look forward to hearing from them when they return. We give you this morning, and we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Okay. You know, my some of you have met my dad. Uh, he actually sat back here last week. He's... 86 years old, uh, still amazes me with his his mental capacity and his memory, and uh, he still speaks. He's a, a pastor and no longer has a church, but he goes everywhere and anywhere that anyone will listen to him. And he and my mom have been married 62 years. Um, but it's interesting, as, as your parents get older, one of the things you see things about them and one of the things about my mom and dad is they're both losing their hearing and they they debate whether who has the worst hearing you know and um and, and they 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 have the most incredible relationship but the other uh, the other day they they got into this and it's always kind of lighthearted and fun but my dad was determined that he was going to prove to her that her hearing was worse than his and, you know, my dad wears a hearing aid, and my, my mom does not. And, you know, my dad's one of those guys that if he doesn't want to hear what you have to say, he just turns it off. Um, but he was still determined that I can hear better than you with my hearing aid. So my mom has a little bedroom in the back of their house where she works on the computer, and she's back there working on the computer. And my dad dev- devises this test. So he stands in the living room, which is a hallway away. He stands in the living room. And he calls out to her. He says, Mom, would you like me to bring you coffee? Loud voice, doesn't hear anything. Ah, yeah, she can't hear me. So then he decides to get a little closer. He stands in the hallway right outside the bedroom where she's working on the computer. And he does it again. He says, Honey, would you like me to bring you some coffee? No response. And he's getting kind of cocky now. He walks into the bedroom. Her back's to the door. She's out on the keyboard and he stands right behind her chair and she says honey would you like me to bring you coffee and she turns around with a look of disgust in her face and says for the third time yes <laughs> actually that's that really never happened but uh, it it's a good opener thanks bill you know what what my dad, even though it's not a true story, yeah, somebody says they heard that. That's, that's why I had to disguise it. You know, 
in that situation, he didn't know it, but he he had a serious hearing problem. Um, somebody was talking, he wasn't hearing. And and that leads into what we're going to talk about this morning, because from, you know, this man's perspective, my dad's perspective, he thought he had nothing wrong. It's the other person's problem. Have you ever felt like in your life that maybe God's not talking to you? You know, God's just kind of quiet. God's silent. Um, man, I'm not hearing anything from him. You know, I, I haven't heard God speak to me in years. I haven't heard, you know, when's the last time God spoke to me? Maybe the problem lies with you and not with him. You know, that's kind of, it's not maybe, it, it does lie with you. God doesn't have any problems. Uh, so we're going to talk this morning about another one of Jesus' commands. The first one we did was repent. The second one was believe. And this morning we're going to take on the third one, and it's listen to me. Listen to me. This is an interesting one because in a lot of ways you might think this isn't really a command. Um, there's not a real specific command, but there are so many scriptures that have to do with listening and they come out of the mouth of the Lord, listening. And this also is, is a, a command that you may th- think, well, this is a no-brainer. Sure, we're supposed to listen. But the question is, do we? Do we really listen? Some of the passages that we want to look at this morning is Mark seven fourteen. Look what it says. Listen to me, all of you, and understand. Now, that's a key word, understand. Because listening isn't enough. You've got to understand. You know, I've got a, a new puppy that listens real well. You know, it cocks its head and it, you know, I know it's hearing me. But it doesn't, it doesn't understand anything I'm saying. It doesn't do anything I tell it to do. It just kind of cocks its head and wags its tail and then pees on the floor anyway. You know, listen, understand. Those two go hand in hand. How about this one? Luke 8, 8, and he said these things. Jesus said, he called out, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Jesus said this on a number of occasions when he was teaching, when he was sharing parables. He would say, if you've got ears to hear, hear. Hear me. Listen to what I'm saying and understand. How about this one? Luke eight eighteen. take care then how you hear. How you hear. These are all out of the the mouth of the Lord Jesus. We need to learn to listen and we need to learn to hear. And then I love this one from Luke 10. Now, as they went on their way, Jesus entered a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him as a guest. She had a sister named Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to what he said. But Martha was distracted with all the preparations she had to make. So she came up to him and said, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work? Alone? Tell her to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed. Mary has chosen the best part. It will not be taken away from her. What had Mary chosen to do? Sit and listen to Jesus. You know, this this is a passage that's often used uh, in, in sermons and studies about you know, how we can get so busy and wrapped up serving God that we no longer sit and listen to God. And, and I think that's how some of us live our lives. We are so busy that 
Martha thinks she thinks she's doing the best thing. She thinks she's working her bohunkus off trying to do the right thing. But what's she missing? She's missing the best part, just to sit at the feet of the Savior and listen. Listen to what he has to say. Learning to listen. You know, it seems from this passage that Jesus puts a real high priority on listening. Listening. But then also hearing. Listening seems to have a higher value than doing. What was Martha doing? She was doing. You know, and I can, I can get real busy doing things for God, doing things for the Lord, and never really hear from Him because I'm too busy doing for Him. But in this passage, it seems that listening is of a higher value. It's the best part. It's, it's the thing that He would rather have you do. It's like, speaking of Valentine's, you know, with, in my home, my wife, it's real important for my wife that the house be clean. And it's taken me almost 28 years to figure that out. But it's really important to my wife. So what have I learned? I've learned that if I want to show love to her, I help make that happen. I hang up my stuff. I help clean the kitchen. I wash the dishes. I do things around the house. But the dilemma becomes, what does my wife want more than a clean house? Well, doing something, but what what does she really want from me? She wants love. She wants communication. She wants, and here's how, if we get into any kind of a stress in our relationship, how do I show love to her? I go clean the kitchen. I'll, I'll, I'll go clean the closet. I'll do anything rather than talk to her because that's painful. Because she's not real happy with me right now. So I'll, I'll do something to kind of win back her affection. I'll do something. But what does she want from me? Just sit down, shut up, and listen to me. Talk to me. Be with me. And I really think that's the Lord sometimes looks down and goes, Hey, would you just shut up, sit down, slow down, quit trying to do stuff for me, and listen to me. Listen to me. Jesus in this passage ties listening with comprehension. I really think in the verses we've looked at, listen and understand. He who has ears to hear, hear. Hear with your ears. Listen. It means comprehension. You've got to understand. And then comprehension, once you begin to listen and understand, that's what leads to transformation. Remember, we're talking about heart transformation here. Not behavioral change. Not if I can just stop doing X, Y, and Z. This is about changing your heart. Turn to Matthew chapter 17. Matthew chapter 17. You know, Jesus commands that we listen. He commands that we have ears and that we hear and that we comprehend. But there's another good reason that we should listen to Jesus. And this one's, if it can be more powerful than Jesus himself saying it, this is it. This is it. Look at Matthew chapter 17, verses 1 through 6. It says, Six days later, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John, his brother, and led them up on a high mountain by themselves, and he was transfigured before them. This is the transfiguration account. And his face shone like the sun, his garments became white as light, and behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them, talking with them. And then here comes Peter. Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will make three tabernacles here, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. 
Now watch what happens. Poor Peter, this guy gets hammered so much. While he was still speaking, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and behold, a voice out of the cloud said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell down to the ground and were terrified. It says, Jesus' face shone like the sun. His clothes became white, white as light. You got Moses and Elijah talking with him. And then Peter jumps in, as Peter is prone to do, and he decides, I'm going to build tabernacles. I don't know what's going through his mind. I don't know what he's thinking. I just know he's speaking before he's probably thinking. But And then God interrupts him. It says, while he was still speaking, God interrupts him and has something to say. This passage tells us that God commands us to listen to Jesus. He commanded it then, and he commands it now. He says, listen to him. You know, God suddenly speaks up. He interrupts Peter and tells him something. And what he tells him is pretty significant. Verse 5 says it. While he was still speaking, a bright cloud overshadows him. A voice calls out from heaven. No question who this is speaking. This is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. Listen to him. Listen to what he's saying. Listen to what he's going to be saying. I love the way the message says it. While he was going on like this, babbling, a light radiant cloud enveloped him and sounding from, sounding from deep in a cloud, a voice, this is my son marked by love, focus of my delight. Listen to him. Listen to him. So Jesus commands it, but God commands that we listen to his son. Listen to him. You know, if you go into the Greek and look at this, what does it mean? You know, what does it mean to listen? It means to hear, obviously. It means to listen. It means to obey. That's what the word conveys. It's not just, you know, hear with the ears, but it's obey, understand, do something about what you hear. It can be mean just to be endowed with a faculty of hearing. In other words, that suddenly I can hear. It's used in many cases when Jesus healed somebody that suddenly they went from not being able to hear to hear. But in this case, this, this has more to do with understanding and perceiving what's being said and what do I do with this? How do I apply it? To give ear to a teacher, it's to listen to what a teacher says. I mean, I used to sit in class all the time as a kid and not hear anything. And I had a special seat in most of my classes and it was in the hallway. Literally, I had my social studies teacher had a special desk for me outside the door because I was such a distraction. I mean, they didn't have ADD back then. They just had, you're an annoyance. Go sit outside. I had that seat and the other one was down the hall at the principal's office. I mean, that's where I spent most of my time. I heard, they were talking. I saw their lips moving. I just didn't listen. Who had the problem? The teacher? No, me. To give an ear to what the teacher is saying, to comprehend, to understand. That's what's tied up in this word. It's How many times have you sat in a service and watched Ted's lips move, and you're just out in la-la land? You're, you're thinking about work. You're thinking about, you know, 
a cowboy game, you're thinking about anything but what's coming out of his mouth. You're listening, your ears are, stuff's going in, but you are not comprehending. So when God says, listen to him, this is what he's talking about. Hear, obey, understand, comprehend, do something with it. Why? Why is this important? Number one, I think it's because he's my beloved son. That's what God says. He is my beloved son. Listen to him. Consider the source. Hey, if you want to ignore Ted, if you want to ignore me, go right ahead. But if Jesus Christ is up here speaking, man, don't ignore him. If Jesus Christ is speaking to you this week, don't ignore him. Don't don't watch his lips move. He is God's beloved son. He has the authority and the right to be heard. The authority and right. Look at this. Jesus said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. All authority. You know, in my home, I think I have authority. I think. And I want my kids to listen to me. And nothing drives me crazier than my kids ignoring me. Hey, it's time for dinner. Hey, dinner's ready. Did you hear me? Dinner's ready. Fifteen minutes later. Hey, dinner's still ready. Hey, we're, we're ready to eat. Did anybody hear me? Oh, yeah, we heard you. I was doing something. That drives me crazy. But how often do I do that with the Lord? You know, he's calling me and, he, you know, it's like I ignore his authority, his authority to tell me what to do, his authority to give me direction in my life. He has authority. John 12 says this, I do not speak, Jesus said, on my own initiative. I didn't just come up with this. I'm just not making this stuff on the fly. But the Father himself sent me, has given me a commandment as to what to say and what to speak. I know that his commandment is eternal life. Therefore, the things I speak, I speak just as the Father has told me. He has the authority. He has the right because everything that came out of the mouth of Jesus came from where? God the Father. Everything. Now, guys, I hate to break this to you, but not every word that comes out of my mouth comes from God the Father. Sorry, but think about it. Every word that came out of Jesus' mouth came from God the Father. And it is worth listening to. It is worth listening to. He speaks on God's behalf. He's God's spokesperson. He's he's on earth. He took on human flesh. He is God incarnate and he is speaking on the Father's behalf. And here's what he says. What have I been saying to you from the beginning? What have I told you before? Let's, let's put it in our language. What have I been trying to get through your thick head? What have I been saying? I have many things to speak and to judge concerning you, but he who has sent me is true, and the things which I heard from him, these I speak to the world. He's speaking on behalf of God. Why wouldn't we want to listen? Why wouldn't we tune in and say, okay, I'm ready to hear? You know, how many times have you said, man, if God would just tell me, if God would just speak to me, if God would just... He has spoken. He has spoken through His Son. He's not going to tell you anything more. He's not going to give you any new revelation. He has said it through His Son. The problem is, are we listening? Jesus also said this, I speak the things which I have seen with my Father. That's all He's saying. I say what the Father said. I'm not making up anything new. It comes straight from the source. Second part is, He's got something worth hearing. 
Jesus Christ has something you and I need to hear because it is worth hearing. You know, we say a lot of stuff that is worthless, don't we? I mean, stuff that just, who cares? You know, I'm not even going to bother listening to that. It's just worthless. Everything Jesus says is worth hearing. So God wanted them to listen. Listen to what he's saying because it has value. It has worth. But also understand what he's saying. When Jesus said, listen to him, that was a command. That came straight out of the mouth of God from heaven. Listen to him. And I don't think it meant just, hey, tune him in for a while and then tune out. It meant whatever he says, do it. Understand. Obey. And it's interesting, if we go further, what's the first thing Jesus told them right after the transfiguration? We just looked at Matthew 17, 1 through 6. But what's the very next thing he tells them? Keep in mind, Peter's been battling. You know, I'll, I'll build tabernacles. Hey, let's, let's start a camp meeting here. We'll keep Moses and Elijah around. This is going to be great. We'll just stay up here in the mountaintop. And God has to interrupt him and say, shut up. Listen to him. Now, do you think Peter was tuned in to listen at that point? Do you think Peter's suddenly like, okay, sh- I need to shut up. I'm going to listen. Well, what's the very first thing that's going to happen? Look at verse 9. And they were coming down from the mountain. Jesus commanded them, saying, tell the vision to no one until the Son of Man is risen from the dead. I guarantee Peter kept his mouth shut. God said, listen, he's telling me not to tell anybody. I don't think I'm going to tell anybody. Then what? And his disciples asked him, why then do the scribes say that Elijah must come first? And he answered and said, Elijah is coming and will restore all things. But I say to you that Elijah already came. They did not recognize him, but did to him whatever they wished. So also the Son of Man is going to suffer at their hands. What's Jesus? You know, suddenly Jesus kind of changes gears. He, he says something to them. They ask this obscure question about Elijah. And he gives them this answer. He says, the Son of Man is going to suffer at their hands. Then the disciples understood that he had spoken to them about John the Baptist. Now, you've got to look real carefully at this. God spoken out of cloud. Listen to him. They ask this question about Elijah. He gives them an answer. And what do they understand about what Jesus said? First of all, what did Jesus say in this, this passage right here? The Son of Man is going to suffer at their hands. But what does it say they understood? They only understand about John the Baptist. That's the only thing they get. Now, what did God say? Listen to him. And what was God wanting them to do? Listen and understand. And it's really interesting to me, one of the first encounters where they get a chance to listen and understand, they don't. They only get part of it. They only get the John the Baptist part. Then the disciples understood that he had spoken to them about John the Baptist. They didn't get the suffering Savior part, did they? And he was going to tell them over and over and over again, the closer he got to Jerusalem, he's going to tell them, I'm going to suffer, I'm going to die. And how did the disciples react to that? How did Peter react to that later on? It isn't going to happen. We're not even going to let it happen. They didn't listen. They didn't understand. 
Mark 9 tells us this. Jesus is teaching his disciples and telling them the Son of Man is to be delivered into the hands of men. They will kill him. And when he has been killed, he will rise three days later. But they did not understand this statement and they were afraid to ask him. What did God say? Listen to him. But they weren't. They just didn't get it. They didn't get it. They heard him, but they were not listening to him. Guys, I don't know how to make it very clear to you, but you and I have got to start to listen more carefully than we ever had before to what Jesus Christ is saying to us. We've got to listen to the Word of God. We've got to not only listen to it, we've got to apply it. We've got to understand it. We've got to do something with it. You know, I I use this analogy. How many of you here have kids? Okay. Have you ever yelled at your kids this phrase? Did you hear me? Dad, did you hear me? What, What are you saying there? What are you really saying to your kid? I don't think you're saying this. I'm questioning your hearing ability. You know, do you, do you have a hearing problem? Do, do we need to take you to the doctor? I'm really concerned because I've called you 18 times and you haven't done You must have a hearing problem. No, when I yell that at my kids, I'm questioning their willingness to listen. Did you, did you hear me? I've called you to dinner eight times and you're still sitting in front of the computer. Did you, did you hear me? It's, it's really a term of conviction. I know you heard me. You're ignoring me. You're disobeying me. It's a, it's a question about their willingness to listen. It's questioning their obedience. Guys, this is, this is all about obedience. It's not about whether or not you heard it. I think every week from the pulpit in this, this church, the word of God is spoken. And I think if you're there, you, you probably hear it. So it's not, a, it's not a communication problem. It's not necessarily a hearing problem. It is an obedience problem that we just don't want to obey it. I think if you spend any time in the Word, you're hearing from God. You just don't want to do what it says. It's, it's, a, it's an obedience problem. We don't have a hearing problem today. We have a listening problem. A listening problem. My kids hear hear me every time I call them. When I go upstairs in the morning to wake my kids up to start their day, they hear me. They just don't listen to me. Because 30 minutes later, I go up and they're still in bed. And what's the question I ask? Did you not hear me? Yeah, I heard you, Dad. I'm just really tired. I don't care. I'm tired too. Let's get up and start our day. Let's get going. You heard me. Do it. It's a listening problem. You know, this is, this is real important. Listen to this if you heard nothing else. Listen. Jesus isn't giving tips to live by. This isn't what this is about. So when God said, listen to my son, he wasn't saying, hey, listen to him because he's got some really good living advice. He's going to tell you how to live a more happy life, a more fruitful life. He's going to tell you how to, how to be more joyful and more content. He's going to tell you how to get along with other people and get along with your wife and how to make another dollar. That's not what he's talking about. Jesus Christ was revealing God's plan, his redemptive plan for mankind. 
So when he says, listen to, to him, listen, he's got something really important that he's going to tell you, and it has to do with the redemption of mankind. And when he starts telling them what happens, they don't even get it. Because what was the biggest part of the redemptive plan of, of God? His son dying on a cross. And as soon as Jesus starts talking about it, they tune out and go, I don't even get it, and we're afraid to even ask him about it because it sounds painful. He's talking about dying. I don't want to talk about that. That's what he's telling them to listen to. He's also revealing the grace and mercy of God. Every, every word that comes out of Jesus' mouth has to do with his grace, his mercy, that God is extending mercy to man in the form of Jesus Christ, the Savior. He's revealing the hypocrisy of religion without relationship. What did Jesus have to say? The disciples are walking with this guy, and every time he ran into a Pharisee, a scribe, a Sadducee, what happened? confrontation over religion, confrontation over no relationship with God, hypocrisy. You're like whitewashed tombs. You look great on the outside, but you're full of death on the inside. That's what he's... Listen to what he's saying, disciples. Listen to what he's telling you. I don't want this. I want this. What else is he revealing? He's revealing the sole source for the salvation of mankind. You do not have to earn your way anymore. And the disciples needed to learn that because they had been raised in a culture where it's all about what you do. And suddenly Jesus is coming with a whole new word and a whole new plan that it has nothing to do with what you do. It's going to be what I do. Listen to me. Listen. He's revealing the kingdom of God. So much of what he has to say is the kingdom is like unto What's the kingdom like? The kingdom up there? No, the kingdom here. What's the kingdom like? What was the disciples' view of the kingdom? What was the kingdom going to be to the typical disciple? Why were they following this guy to begin with? He's going to put a kingdom on earth, overturn the, the Roman rulers. We're going to get to sit in his right and his left. We're going to be rulers. This is going to be great. It's a, it's a purely earthly kingdom. And Jesus is saying, no, I'm talking about a heavenly kingdom but a heavenly kingdom that has earthly impact right now, here and now, in my life and in your life. Listen to me. Are you listening to what he's saying? He's revealing the key to reconciliation with God. Mankind is apart from God. You want to get reconciled with God? It isn't going to be through sacrifices. It's not going to be through works. It's going to be through the blood of Jesus Christ. Listen to me. And the truth is, it's still the same today. If you want to get right with God, if you're a believer and you're not right with God, it's still through the blood of Christ. It's still through confessing your sins. It's still through being washed with the blood of Christ. Listen to what I'm telling you. He's revealing the secret to joy and contentment. You want to have joy and contentment in your life? Jesus says, listen to me and I'll tell you how to have it. It's not through money, it's not through possessions, it's not through anything else than a relationship with Jesus Christ and God the Father. He's revealing the true purpose for our existence. Why are we here? He's trying to get the disciples to understand that they have a greater purpose than being fishermen, a greater purpose than even just following Him, a greater purpose than making a buck. There's a reason for your existence. Listen to me and I'll tell you, Jesus says. Bottom line, listen. Listen to what Jesus is saying. But guys, if you in your discussion were honest, there are so many things competing for your attention. You've got so many things screaming in your ear that many of us do not hear anymore what he's saying. 
And if we hear it, we don't obey it because somebody else is saying, do this and do that. But we've got to learn to listen to him. You know, last night I went to a, uh, and some of you may have been there, but Legacy Outfitters had a special thing last night, and I took my wife. And Ron Hall, who used to be a member of this church, um, has written a book called Same Kind of Different as Me about his encounter with a street guy and how God, through his, his wife, Ron's wife, who died of cancer, was put into a relationship with this guy. You, you talk about polar opposites. One guy is an incredibly wealthy art dealer and a 30-something-year-old bum from the streets, black guy. And God brings these guys together, and they are best friends now. But it all began with he listened to God. He listened, yeah, and it came through his wife, but he listened and he obeyed. He listened and obeyed. Listen to him. Let me try to wrap this up. As usual, I've left myself with not enough time. But Why else do we need to listen to what Jesus has to say? Let me close with these, these thoughts. Number one, because his words have power. His words have power. I'm going to go, go through these pretty quickly, guys. The passages are there in your handout. But the power to give life. He has the words that have power to give life. It is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. Jesus' words have life. And if you're missing life, listen to him. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. That's what he comes to offer is life. Not just eternal life, as important that it is, but life here and now, abundant, joyful, and complete. The power to produce joy. His words produce joy. These things I have spoken to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be made full. These things I have spoken. Listen to what I'm saying. You want joy? Listen to what he says. His words have the power to judge. If anyone hears my sayings and does not keep them, I do not judge him. For I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. He who rejects me and does not receive my sayings has one who judges him. The word I spoke is what will judge him at the last day. His words have the power to judge if we reject his words, if we don't listen to what he has to say. His words have the power to sanctify, to make you holy. Sanctify them in the truth, the Lord says in his great priestly prayer in John 17. Your word is truth. God's word is truth. And what was Jesus saying every moment? The words of the Father. So his words sanctify, they purify, they make us more holy. They also have the power to protect. I love this passage in Matthew 7:24. The wise man who built his house on the rock, the rain fell, the floods came, the winds blew, slammed against that house, and yet it did not fall, for it had been founded on the rock. Everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them is like this man. You will have a solid foundation, and it will protect you in the storms of life. It doesn't say the storms of life will go away, does it? It just says you will be protected. His words protect, and they have the power for for effective prayer. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. Pretty powerful statement. Shows us how powerful his words are and how important they are. Well, how's your hearing this morning? Better yet, how's, how's your listening? How's your listening? What keeps us from listening to what he has to say? You know, the ear is the organ of spiritual perception, spiritual perception. If the ear listens, 
the heart willingly submits if it truly listens. But what happens? And we'll, we'll end this way. Our ears can become hardened. Zechariah 7.11 says, But they refuse to pay attention and turn to stubborn shoulder and stop their ears from hearing. You can stop hearing, listening, understanding, and become hardened. Your ears become hardened. Our ears can become dull and heavy, either by self-seeking obstinacy, I'm just not going to do it, I refuse to do it, or by the judgment of an insulted God. Your ears become dull and heavy, and you just don't hear anymore. Isaiah 6.10 tells us this, Render the hearts of this people insensitive, their ears dull and their eyes dim, otherwise they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and return to be healed. You can get to the point where you just don't hear anymore. You are so obstinate or you have so offended God to the point where you just can't hear and you become dull and heavy of hearing. Unwilling hearers are like the deaf cobra, Psalm 58 tells us, that stops up its ears so that it does not hear the voice of the charmers or or a skillful master of spells. It no longer listens to the master. It's like a deaf cobra. What good is a deaf cobra? Number one, it's dangerous. Number two, it's worthless. Who wants a deaf cobra? Finally, we can develop itching ears. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but wanting to have their ears tickled, they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance with their own desires and will turn away their ears from the truth. This is the the church of modern America. This is the church of modern America. I listened to a guy, I shared this with the Sunday school class on Sunday. I listened to a guy in Mansfield, Texas, on TV, the other night, and it, it made me want to puke. He's a pastor of a large church down in Mansfield. And I'll go ahead and tell you what it is. It's called overcoming faith. I'm not even sure what that means. My kids ask me, Dad, why would you want to overcome faith? I'm, like, I'm not sure. But this guy is standing up in front of his congregation in his very expensive suit, and he is telling his people that God wants you rich. And he said, go down to the corner down there, and there's, a, there's a, uh, an adult bookstore. And the, I know the guy that owns it. He drives a Rolls Royce. Why wouldn't God want you to have a Rolls Royce? Wouldn't God want to bless you with a Rolls Royce if he's been blessed with a Rolls Royce? And he, he was so ludicrous. I mean, this guy stood up in front of this congregation. He said, and I know why you're here. I know you're smart because you're here listening to me. And I thought, man, if I were God... There'd be a little pile of dust in an expensive suit. (laughs) But what is he telling these people? He's telling them exactly what they want to hear. It's okay to love wealth, and it's okay to love it more than you love God. He, He preached for 30 minutes and never opened a Bible. He had his little black notebook with all kinds of pithy sayings. And not once did he talk about Jesus, not once did he talk about the gospel, not once did he talk about the blood. But he was telling these people, and they were amening. I'm not sure what they were amening about, other than, tell me more. Tickle my ears. I love what I'm hearing. They are turning their ears away from the truth. Listen. Listen. Listen carefully to what Jesus says, but listen carefully to what's out there because there's stuff coming from pulpits all across this area that is not the truth. And we've got to learn to listen to the only source of truth, and that is Jesus Christ. 
We've talked about repent, change your mind. We've talked about believe, not just believe for salvation, but believe that Jesus Christ is who he says he is and he can change your life. But you've got to listen. You've got to listen. Father, we come to you this morning. We thank you for sending your son. We thank you that every word that came out of his mouth was from you. And we have it written in a book that we can refer to constantly. And we can look at his words and we can study his words and we can hide his words in our hearts and we can see his words change our lives because his words have power. Father, I pray that we would develop listening ears that tune out everything else screaming around us. The media and the messages that are flying at us fast and furious that are totally contrary and in contradiction to what Jesus Christ is saying. Father, may we listen and may we understand, may we comprehend and may we apply it to our lives and may we see that your words have the power to change. And may we truly be men who are being changed in our hearts first and in our behavior second. That others might look at us and go, what is going on with you? And it is the power of the words of Jesus Christ in our lives. Father, thank you for these guys. I pray your blessings on them. I pray that you would guide them, direct them, speak to them, and help them as every one of them strives to be a man after God's own heart, a true disciple, a follower of Jesus Christ. We love you. We give you this day. Thank you for our wives. Those of us that are married, we pray that you would... Bless our marriages, Father. I pray for marriages that are struggling right now and they're in this room. Father, give these men strength. Give them wisdom. I pray that you would somehow today speak to them and encourage them. And may they hear you. Do not let them give up. Do not let them give up. Do not let them listen to the world and to the enemy. Because with you, there is always hope. And I pray this in the name of Jesus Christ, your Son and our Savior. Amen. Guys, pick up a lesson, and next week we're going to talk about abide in me.